Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Greetings, listeners of The Instance. Welcome back to The Instance. I'm Scott Johnson, and I am fresh off of an airplane. I just flew here from Anaheim, California. We just finished up BlizzCon. It was one hell of a BlizzCon, as you probably noticed at home. Many of you watched our live panel uh, that we did for the community track on Saturday. If you didn't see that and you have the virtual ticket, it's still up there in archive form. Just click on the community tab over there on the virtual ticket page. Uh, But for those who don't have that, and I know that a bunch of you don't, um, I was able to record it and uh, share it with you here. So this is audio from that event. And don't worry, you're not missing out on too much. It's, you know, four people sitting in chairs or in stools in front of an audience. Uh, The content is what matters. We had Chris Robinson with us, who was utterly fantastic. You'll hear that for yourselves here shortly. Uh, But anyway, I wanted to make sure to get this to you guys as soon as possible. So please enjoy this. We'll be back uh, Friday, regular scheduled time, with a brand new episode where we really break down what we saw at BlizzCon 2017. But this should definitely uh, tide you over till then. Thank you, everyone who came out to see us, and everybody who watched at home, and everyone who listens now. It means a lot. We'll see you on the other side. Thank you guys for that uh, introduction. I assume we've got a few instance fans in the audience today. So Scott is really nervous, so if you could laugh at everything he said, it would be great. Make sure to do that. Well, uh, we are absolutely thrilled uh, to be here. We're so grateful that Blizzard asked us to do this and to come be a part uh, of this opportunity, and I should waste no time in introducing who's up here. I'm Scott Johnson, the host of The Instance. We are now 12 years into that show. Thank you. And uh, I have some of us up here with us. Some of us couldn't be here, so a quick shout out to the following people who are not on that stage, but probably should be. Uh, Terpster, who's in England. Bills, who's back home in Texas. Uh, Randy Jordan, who's working the floor over there someplace. Andrew Konietzky, all those guys, you deserve to be up here with us. Uh, But instead, let me introduce who's with us uh, today. So again, I'm Scott, sitting right here. It's my good friend, my, he is his scarves, Patrick from France, (laughs) my co-host. Give him a big welcome. Next to him, we have a pinch hitter who I could not have been happier uh, to have say yes to this opportunity. that you guys know the CTR Guild, you know the CTR Party, you know the CTR community. In fact, many of us are part of that same community. Welcome Pat Crane to the stage. Everybody. And finally, I'm very excited about this. Blizzard has made it possible for us to have someone here I've been geeking out about all weekend. Uh, welcome to the show, art director for World of Warcraft, Chris Robinson. 
Thank you for being here. Hey, man, thank you so much. I'm super honored to be here. This well, is awesome. It's great. Uh, I've, I tried really hard the last couple of days to not have just questions about drawing things. But, <laughs> uh, that's what they've all been about. So it's all, we kind of got them all out, too, in the back. We talked for like an hour, and so we're, we're done talking about it. There you go. But he is, uh, he's definitely got a hand on just about everything that happens in World of Warcraft. And boy, did a lot of things happen with World of Warcraft tomorrow. Or yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> or tomorrow. It's, and tomorrow, every day. Yeah, every I'm a day. time lord. I'm admitting it now on stage in front of everybody. Uh, oh, and hello to everybody at home. I know we have a lot of people watching there as well. Uh, but uh, we'll get started by uh, trying to break apart a little bit what happened yesterday. And specifically, I think we would be remiss if we didn't begin discussing that cinematic. Oh, so good. Ooh, so uh, good. Did, I, I don't know, if, did any of you guys see it? It was, <laughs> I, it was pretty good. I couldn't see it, I was crying so much. I was just like, oh, this is so good. Yeah. So good. And I couldn't oh. help but think, I mean, even though you guys see a lot of things internally and you guys get to see uh, different versions before the final, uh, from animatics all the way up to finished product, I still see Twitter and other places where Blizzard people are freaking out. Yeah. It, you you oh. still feel the feeling, right? Oh, man, yeah. I mean, that, that team is, so we're development and cinematics works really close, closely with us. Uh, but we see it, you know, throughout that whole process. And I was in love with it 10 versions ago, right? Before, like, all the surfacing and all the polish got on it. And so now, you know, we see it right before we come here and, it's, and it, like, blows our minds. But to see it here in this element on the big screen and to see people react to it is... Yeah, I mean, you think you were crying. My eyes were sweating like crazy. So, so, so now, when you were, when you, were you watching the audience during the cinematic, just trying to gauge the reaction, and not watching the cinematic at all? Because it, I mean, you've probably seen it a bunch, right? Uh, both, right? Like, yeah. like watching the cinematic, but it's more. Then you're just watching like, everybody's like wet eyes, just yeah. and the, like the mad cry faces and stuff like that. Uh, awesome. It's a feel thing, you know. Like it's less watching and more just being in that. Like I love to be in the center of the crowd when that stuff happens and just feel the energy around you of the excitement of what people are thinking. So awesome. And well, it's such a, yeah. a uh, like that cinematic specifically, like you have this super powerful banshee uh, Sylvanas in the beginning where <laughs> so good. And like so good. all of the horde people in the audience were losing their minds. And I have to admit, yeah, there, there's a few here. And <laughs> I, I am an, an alliance uh, person. Yes. Yes. So, so I was like, I have to admit, Board. I was like, you know, <laughs> they were, they, they were, uh, after that thing, I was like, seeing her go full banshee and like the, the, the uh, uh, Sour Fang taking the Horde banner and going like, oh, and I was like, yes, for the, uh, I mean, yeah, it was, okay. <laughs> it was fine. Uh, and I was hoping for that, you know, the equivalent in the, the Alliance, on the Alliance side, I was like, what can they do that is going to be as impactful? And when Manduin, Anduin, <laughs> Manduin. Uh, shows he really, up. And he like really he, is Manduin. Yeah, he he's is. he's yeah. really like, he actually became a, a full-grown hero general. And you see on his face, like oh. he wants to do the, the thing, but he doesn't want to go at war because that's not who he is. But he has to because, of, and like his face, how much time did you spend like on each twitchy part of each, like it, it seems like it would take a full lifetime to do that. Yeah, well, so I mean, that's, you know, there's an incredibly talented team of people who are dedicated to doing that. Um, you know, we see it throughout the process and the fun part for us is 
the conversations that we have about the intricacies of expression, right? Like, and you got to think about like Anduin's in this amazing point in his life, and he grew up for us through that process. Like, we didn't go into it knowing exactly how he was going to turn out when you saw him in the final cinematic. We had all these conversations about like how old is he now, and you know, using reference from. Um, Real-world scenarios and other things that we see, like kind of coming up with like our ideal version of where he's at. He's, you know, his dad just died, man. He's like, he's grieving the loss of his father. Um, he, he's becoming a man, but he doesn't even have time to do that. He has to be a king now, right? Like, so he didn't have time to go through the process of like getting into like, taking those shoes on. He's just—he uh, looks like a baby, like he's old. Well, you very... look old in the mirror, so you can't count that. <laughs> but here's, here's the thing I noticed about Anduin and his, his face. I mean, first of all, this, this, uh, I've never been a big Anduin fan, but the cinematic made me a huge Anduin fan, and I think it's for this reason. They captured artistically, stylistically, and realistically the expressions one would make when one has to step up at a moment of, of right. real importance. Yeah. Like, I think we can all relate to this feeling of, it's my time now, I'm not really totally ready for this. I'm half crying, I'm half overwhelmed, but I'm with myself enough to know that this sword, my father's sword is not gonna be enough. It's not gonna win this war. Shunk, and he has to call on the light, he has to be a priest. Right. He has to do the thing he knows the best that makes him so cheap in Hearthstone, he has to do that. <laughs> And that is not easy. We're not talking about a, um, a, a movie. We're talking about an animated, handcrafted yeah. piece of work. And that's incredible to me that, that's, that those emotions were conveyed so well. Well, you're capturing the moment that he realizes that he has to follow his own path, right? And I think what's cool about watching WoW grow as a game and a community um, has been those moments where we've started to go away from these big, bombastic, explosive you know, scenarios in our pre-renders, and we've come to the point now where it's all about, it's so character-driven. And this one for me was, not just with Anduin, but with Sylvanas, everyone like capturing like what's go really going on in their head. I mean, Sylvanas is such a complex character, and you can't just have her going you know, crazy while Anduin's kind of having this very special moment. So uh, you know, that was, those were the conversations that were most meaningful. Like, we'd watch it over and over and over again and just be like, what is, what's going on in his head, and we, are we really capturing that moment how we should be? It's really something. I mean, for me to explain that cinematic to somebody who isn't us, it's kind of hard. My mom would watch that and go, so the blue lady did a thing, <laughs> and uh, right. for some reason the kid can make gnomes. <laughs> like, he wouldn't, she wouldn't know this from any other sort of fantasy. But it, what it felt like was a love letter to us as players. They know we love these characters. They know how invested we are in these characters. And it just felt like... I mean, I've loved every cinematic. It was a nice reminder during the classic server's announcement to see yeah. the old cinematic and right. go, oh, that still holds up. Yeah. But to see also how far it's come and, and where we're at now. I mean, we all ask this every year, why aren't they making movies and TV shows? And I'll keep asking it, and they'll probably never do it. But it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. So uh, yeah, grats to that team, to you guys. Yeah, they're amazing, man. Thank you. That, uh, that classic cinematic is, uh, you know, speak, speaking of things that just draw tears, like, when we watched that for the first time, so like, for me, it was watching, you know, 
almost 11 years of my life summed up in under like you know 30 seconds. Yeah. And that is and the just because it brings up all those emotions as a player, as a, you know somebody who's making the game, like what we were thinking at the time and like how the story was developing, and then rewinding it is literally like watching your life flash before your eyes before you like you know die or whatever. But it was a pretty incredible experience to see and look back because there's so many things we forget and we're like, oh yeah, man, I, like that moment yeah. and that moment and that moment. Right. It's really cool. Yeah, and you've been with, you've been in this position since Burning Crusade? Yeah, so correct? right as we started working on the Draenei um, and Blood Elf models is when I came in um, to work on World of Warcraft. Wow. Now, so that leads me to, I want to talk about environments for a second. Uh, we, we've only got brief looks at these new, uh, these new zones for both Horde and Alliance. Uh, both look great, I can't wait. I'm a little partial to deserts and, and dirty, grimy stuff. Many of you know reasons why, we won't have to get into those here. <laughs> um, Let's not talk about your personal no, life. No, yeah, yeah. Right. I like Mad Max Fury Road, that's it. So, uh, <laughs> thank you. But, uh, th so those immediately appealed to me. The Alliance zones look really great as well. But there was something I noticed in kind of the, the fade in, fade outs. Here's a mountainous scene. Here are some creatures grazing. There's kind of a, for lack of a better word, a more volumetric approach or a more, um, not realistic so much. I what did you say yesterday? You had it summed up pretty well. Uh, really? Yeah, you said. <laughs> I, so it was the, the panoramas that you see, especially on the Alliance zones uh, in, the, in the expansion, they feel like, it's like the foliage and it feels a little bit almost uh, like pixery quality, but yeah. it's in-game stuff. Like, I just want to go and explore them. Not It, it feels like you, you've past uh, uh, something, like the ones from the previous expansion were really good, but now there's no polygons. There, it feels like you can go from concept organic, art yeah. to uh, in-game uh, art much more fluidly. I don't know if, that, if that's true. Yeah, but I, I know like what you're You saying. can get what you were imagining what, what, was there? The a, it does feel like something got leaped over. Are we just yeah. seeing the best possible camera angle, or <laughs> is, is there a jump? No, I mean, I hope not. Like, I hope it's, it looks like that. Wherever <laughs> <laughs> right. you go. But, um, man, I, you know, this is like a three-hour answer, so I'll try to sum it up uh, succinctly. But there's technical things, right? Like, uh, if you look out at some of those panoramas, it used to be that when we fog things out in the distance, you need to, like, you imagine an invisible sphere around your character that goes out a certain distance, and everything in that sphere fogs evenly. So whether I'm looking up or down or straight across. View distance, they'll understand view distance, sure. right? Yeah. Used to be terrible. Remember those days? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So, um, and that was like an even gradient of fog, right? So at a certain point, it fogs all the way out, and from this point on, it starts and goes to the full fog. Well, we just got the ability to now have low-lying fog. So when you look out, across those vistas you can see, you know, like a building sticking up out of the fog or mountains and um, small like features like trees. That's something that like seems super minor, but psychologically we're used to seeing that visual cue in movies and pop culture to where it kind of tells a story of like this is a creepy cemetery or, you know, this is like a, a foggy morning and we couldn't do that before whereas we can now. So there's a lot of technical things that happen like that. They're kind of um, small steps along the way to build to the bigger picture. Um, for me, and most interestingly from an aesthetic artistic perspective, it's we have a team of, our, our team is as big as it's ever been now. It's almost 100 people, we're about 97 artists. Wow. Um, a lot of those artists are people who grew up playing WoW in their families. Like they, you know, their parents introduced them to the game early on. Um, they went to art school, graduated, and now they, came, they come in and they bring this background, which makes me feel like I'm 97 years old, by the way. 97 <laughs> artists. Can, um, we, can, can we stop for a second and realize how crazy that isn't is? Isn't that cool? Like the, 
they grew up on the game yeah, and now right. they come and work for the it's do, does same, it yeah. does it also does it continue the tradition that I've always believed that Blizzard is I've said this so many times so this is a little rote for me but Blizzard is so much artist before it's anything else it always has been for me when it comes to uh, uh, you know they start with some sort of concept and then it goes to approvals and then there's 3D things made and people are doing stuff out of clay and then it gets scanned in and then they're being made into models and then they're animating them and they're being iterated the entire time it feels like it really doesn't get I know it gets technical earlier than this but it feels like it's art 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 technical is that true? That sounds awesome. I wish it was art. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, you know, we have a um, cornerstone uh, that's gameplay first, and that has a lot of different um, definitions, but I think, you know, universally we tend to agree that it really means that whether it's art or design or engineering or production, we all have the goal of doing what's best for the game and for the gameplay experience. So um, fortunately, you know, working at Blizzard really is a lot of places, uh, you know, design won't make changes based on artistic requests, right? Like there's a, there's a goal that they have in mind and we need to hit that and until we hit it, we just keep iterating. Whereas um, at Blizzard it certainly feels and has been for a long time, as long as I've been there, a super creative process and collaborative process where there's a lot of back and forth and everyone works towards that um, communal goal and you can feel it's tangible. Mm. Um, so any, sorry man, just to go back really quick. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. the development that you see, the visual style of the zones or characters or any assets that we build for the game, it really is just the fact that we have all of these people now who like grew up on the game or are, you know, have been here from the beginning. And I can't underscore enough that it's not the vision of one person. Like I, I you know, as much as I possibly can say this, I'm, I'm not like the visionary of WoW. The visionary of WoW is the team. It's design, it's art, it's you know, the hundreds of people who make the game, the thousands of people who support it, um, thousands of people who make it for that matter. And you know, it really comes down to just like this communal passion that everyone has, and that's what's tangible. Like if you come onto the floor, we get in very heated discussions about things that would seem very minor to, to you know, your average person, but to us means so much because every little detail counts. Mm. Something you, like, yeah. uh, you know, okay, we're making snake people with feet, so why don't Naga have feet? Is that the discussions that you get into, that type of thing? Sure, yeah, or like, uh, <laughs> you know, like I think the recent one was like, uh, we originally weren't gonna put tails on the, on the Volpera, and like that, there was some serious back and forth of like, it was a huge hit. I mean, you could imagine, it's like just throw a tail on it, no big deal, but you take in an animation and testing and all the things that have to go into it, it's literally thousands of hours that you're adding to you know, a, an NPC character that is part of the experience, but is it as important as as much time as we're going to put into it? Like that's debatable, and we debate it at great length. <laughs> well, would you would you argue that you guys have gotten to the point where uh, there's more cohesion though? Like you now know that a tail means these other things. It isn't sure. just a visual flourish. It's these technical issues. So you may come in either with a better plan for a tail, or it's just a stub like a, <laughs> yeah, you know. Like a, like a Pandaren, they got the little butthole. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Anyway, right. you know That's, what I mean? But you can make those decisions, those determinations ahead of time, so you're not compromising your vision so yeah. much as you are aligning with what you know is going to be the, the process. That seems really important. It's totally, like we knew we didn't want to give the Vipera a butthole, so. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm glad we got into this discussion. I am too. <laughs> I'm really happy. Well, about really, it. who didn't think we would? We're really doing it up at BlizzCon. Uh, well, that's awesome. So the the new zones, specifically for Horde and Alliance, um, it's, a, it's a bit of a different process. This this expansion in terms of where we're all going. Um, I, some episodes on the instance ago, I don't remember who said it. Might have been me. But we were talking about <laughs> how cool it would be 
if the team was able to say, uh, only Horde can go here, only Alliance can go here, and let's have two very special faction-based experiences, but then open it up later so you can go do stuff. And that's exactly what they've done. So we called it, basically. But my, <laughs> my humble brag, <laughs> <laughs> my question to you would be, uh, of these, let's talk about Cool Terrace. That is a beautiful place. And I'm a little bummed I'm not Alliance or have a main Alliance tune. You can switch any time, Sure, Scott. I mean, sure. it's fine. <laughs> you guys, some of you people that follow uh, Pat don't know he's got a dirty horde character. He comes and raids this. I do, I do. Okay. <laughs> I play both sides. It's uh, this is all good. This is all part of the expansion this year. We have to have lots of divisions between us. Just in the game, though. Um, <laughs> but that place is uh, really pretty. And I wonder how much do you have, uh, how much do you oversee with that? Do you, have, do, you, do you have approval on how that place looks or that or the, the Zandalar zones and, and how they play out and how important is it that they adhere to a certain aesthetic? So basically, they build it up for like six months, they show it to you, and you're like, no, that's crap, yeah. just do it again. I, yeah. I like to come that's in as late in the process as possible so that I can <laughs> cause as much rework as possible. Right. Um, right. No, I mean, I have, I have like the easiest approval job in the world, right? Like, uh, it, uh, like I said, I mean, these, these artists that are working on this stuff, they, they know the game inside and out. They love it, they, they play it, they breathe it, um, they're passionate about it. We fight Horde and Alliance constantly um, at work in a very healthy way, but. Um, so yeah, I, I go, I'll go in and I'll approve things, but it's most of the time I'm just looking for something to say, right? Like, yeah. like I, I should probably do my job and right. comment on this, but it looks beautiful. Like, can we make the roofs greener? Yeah, it is hard. <laughs> I'm guessing it's hard because you don't want to. You want to have the. You want to give feedback or you want to give proper reaction or whatever that may be in the circumstance, but. Also, you don't want to just make a thing up just to be saying, just to be contrary. So that must be weird sometimes. I mean, do you ever, as an artist artist, do you ever just go into an empty room and draw on a piece of paper and say, ah, oh, finally, I can draw again? Yeah, I get like a day out of a month that I'll go and, and yeah. draw. No, but I mean, you know, I'm, I try to contribute uh, in little places and like plug in here and there, do like a vision piece here and there, just kind of give it to the team to, to do with what they want. Um, but, you know, the, the cool thing about the WoW art team as well is that like everyone kind of has a, speci a speciality. Like there are you know, dungeon artists or character artists or animators. Um, and it's super low ego. So for me, I just have this team of 97 amazing human beings who I can learn from every day. And when I, when I interact with them, it's more on the level of like, wow, how did, you, how did you paint that? Like that texture looks totally like in line with wow and it's work it works, but you've brought in you know, a new aesthetic, a new way of like adding um, tertiary color or you know, more color depth that we haven't really seen before. Um, and brush sharing is a big thing. Like with Photoshop, you know, we'll, we'll have uh, big conversations about like, how did you get that certain texture? And it's, oh, I, I made this brush or I found this brush and share all those things around. So, you know, my, it's not so much like I'm this evil overlord who comes in and like squashes things or approve things. I'm just like kind of along for this really awesome ride. Are, are, the, are the UI people the saddest? And here's what I want to ask. Okay? <laughs> Not that they don't do, they do amazing work, but this is the problem. They make these beautiful accented dragon corners on the default UI, or they build awesome frame containers for, for rating, and they do all these nifty UI elements, and they've gotten better and better every year. But then some bozo out in the community makes a mod and just covers all that up. That just seems like a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the show, everybody. Yeah. All right. That's, um... <laughs> Uh, really yeah, glad I, I asked that, that one. Pretty much up <laughs> I've just I've, that has been in my head for years. Yeah. About yeah. every time I load them on, I go, "Oh, how's that guy feel?" For <laughs> well, uh, specifically to the to these zones and their themes, uh, 
Where's the inspiration coming from for uh, for the Horde side of stuff? Obviously, it's very troll-driven and very sort of Incan Mayan uh, tradition. Um, anything else there you can tell us about why that feels so lush and lived in? So, you know, interestingly, we've had a shift in the way that we approach um, zone creation. And if you remember, even not too long ago, two or three expansions ago, you'd be flying over like a mountain, and there'd be a very abrupt color change in the textures. You know, like one area is very orange rock, and the next is like very gray or blue. Um, and that's bothered us. I mean, that's bothered me since day one, and it's been something we continually talk about. Like, how do we have very visually distinct zones without making it feel awkward when you transfer from one to the to the other? So, this time specifically, and and with having you know very faction specific um, continents that we're working on, we had discussions really early on, early on about not just like the natural environments that we were going to be seeing and experiencing, but very specifically how the cultures that we find in those areas are going to impact the environments and how the environments are going to impact the cultures. Um, so you know, if you look at Zandalar and the city of Zuldazar and the trolls, um, there are some environments that just naturally and kind of inherently fit really well with that, with that kit, um, with that culture kit. And we've seen a lot of that, right? We've seen a lot of troll ruins in the game. And this sure. was our opportunity to really go, OK, well, let's not just rework what we've done. Let's reverse engineer that and take hits from the things that we know to be troll and the architecture that we know to be troll. But this is our opportunity to really show that empire at, at its height, right? Like, with dinosaurs, um, which always makes everything, you know. Dinosaurs do make everything better, obviously. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Awesome. I mean, we all saw that big, tall, walking one, and all we could say was, I don't know how much gold that's going to cost, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just bought that thing in Pandaria. I don't think I have the money, <laughs> but I want it real you bad. You knew you shouldn't have I know I want it. Right. Oh, go ahead. How, how deep do you go into that reverse engineering? Like, do you imagine the lives of the denizens? And like, oh, oh yeah. that's Bob. His wife works at the thing. And like, yeah, but you know Bob the troll, right? <laughs> <laughs> Bob the troll, of yeah. course, yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally, man. Like, that's the cool part. You know, we sit and we have a lot of discussions about um, why did this empire fall apart the way that it did? Like, why has it been um, aged the way that it has? And like, what is the significance of some of the markings that we've seen on ruins around these areas? How does it relate to every troll culture? And how does that relate to the one that we're experiencing now? Um, those are great. I, I mean, we, we jam on that stuff for hours just to make sure that we're covering our asses primarily. But like, <laughs> That must be so hard to coordinate across like all the teams. And the, the, I imagine there, it's different teams that work on the Horde and Alliance zones, or like, and then you have the gameplay people, and like, how do you even make all of this work together? I guess that's a different question. But um, well, I, so the team makes like, there's no specific Horde or Alliance team. Um, otherwise, I think we'd have people actively atta attacking each other. At work. <laughs> That'd be great. Um, some zones would get done, and others <laughs> wouldn't. Uh, but uh, no, everybody, you know, there's a, there's an environment team, and they make all the environments. So. Um, They'll share and, and move back and forth from one to another, work with each other, um, you know, share assets. It's really just kind of, you know, to speak to what we were talking about earlier, we take a look at what we, the story that we want to tell, and we talk about like biomes, right? We really know we want to do a jungle biome. We know we want to do a desert. We know we want to do a um, swamp or whatever it might be. And then the, the intricacy of the conversation, or the, the really important part is, how do we translate the information of the culture kit in every one of those biomes in a way that makes it fresh and new, but it feels like a cohesive experience? So I, this last expansion had a feature to it that seemed like a lot of work, and that was artifact weapons and their skins. And it wasn't just the initial batch. There were some that came later. Uh, I think people really, people like that, right? You're really into the skins and unlocking them. It's a good system. Um, but it did feel like that was a lot of work for a lot of artists to, to sort of work on. This one's got basically one new artifact, quote unquote artifact, 
the, the neck piece, and there's less to worry about there. I got the overall impression yesterday that was probably amplified by the fact that we had a full-blown cinematic that we usually don't get for another six months, that you guys are like ahead of schedule. Now, this may be way inside baseball, <laughs> but are you guys, it, it feels to me like you guys are on a brand new production, awesome track, and that you're way ahead, and for all we know, the next expansion's already well underway. It's inside stuff, so you don't have to answer all that, but it, no, is No, he there, has to answer that. Is Scott, there, he has to answer that, please. Specific even to your team and, and to those who work with you, it does feel like you guys are way out there, like way ahead. So we were backstage, and I'm like, are you guys gonna ask me like hard questions? I'm like, no, we'll just ask you about art stuff. And, and now he jumps him. me when we're on stage and I can't run away. Of course. Um, there he goes. I, you know, I think we're on schedule, I hope. Uh, <laughs> we, like we, you know, as the team grows, we uh, grow our production team. We have an amazing group of, of producers who, to, they, they're the ones that need to be flexible when we come to them and say, hey, we've spent six months on something and we feel like it just doesn't fit right now. And we're gonna save it for a future experience, for instance, or um, maybe not, but we really need to shift tracks and start on something new now. And their job is to then take all of these cats that are running in every different direction and reherd them to um, work with what we want to do. So I would Sounds attribute that fun. to oh, like, <laughs> super. Fun, I do right? not know how they do their job, um, <laughs> but uh, it's impressive. And it really, to the, you know, to their credit, I feel like we were able to come to BlizzCon this year with uh, a very good foot forward. You know, like it didn't feel like oh, we're not ready yet. I don't want to show that. There's gray assets. It really was polished to a level where I was very proud um, of what we had to show. Yeah. It well, and it's, really it seems like with Legion, I mean, with Legion, everybody knows that the content came out really, really specific. I mean, it was, it was you guys were on a tight schedule with everything. And I'm, I'm kind of curious, what did you guys learn along the way? And more importantly, can we expect that same kind of thing, maybe not the same timing, but that same kind of thing moving into the, as we move into the next expansion. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would expect we'd, we're learning from that, right? So yeah. uh, pretty happy with the cadence. Um, and certainly we're gonna take notes from what we feel like went well and what didn't went, what, uh, go well and, and adjust to that. But I think it's, it's probably gonna be similar, right? Mm -hmm. I hope so. Yeah, we, I'm asking you, I, I don't know. I, I would love that, that <laughs> yeah. would that'd be awesome. If everything's like Legion moving forward in terms of, you use the word cadence, it's a good word for that, that rhythm of, of content release, what kind of stuff it is, the level of story we got, the crossover story we're getting now, uh, that could be expansions forever, and I'd be, I'd be oh, happy. It'd be yeah. great. It'd be great. Well, that's the plan, I think. I think that's the plan. Forever, yeah. Yeah. I mean, has that put a lot of stress on your, I mean, I'm guessing that puts a lot of stress on your team, just having that kind of timeline. So it's, it's actually kind of the opposite in that we now, it's more tangible, awesome. right? Like we know, okay, we, we really know when we're gonna come out with this, with this content, and it allows us to scope to that. Mm -hmm. um, and to really take a look at what are the, the big hits that we need to, to do and what are the things that we would like to do and kind of find a good balance of where we cut that line off knowing when that, when that um, next piece of content is going to go out. So yeah, there's, there's, two, no. there's two new features in the game that I want to throw them to you guys first about the gameplay ramifications, but I am so curious about how one of them is possible with the art team. <laughs> so, it's not a hard one, I promise. Um, <laughs> but we have Warfronts and Island Expeditions coming to the game. Specifically, Island Expeditions sound great. They're basically the, the, what feel like to me the ultimate evolution. Sorry, Abathur fans, I didn't mean to say it that way. Uh, the, uh, an evolution, let's say, of the uh, scenarios that we started with in Pandaria, and those have seen some changes over time. Uh, got a lot of them in the beginning, not so much in Warlords, and a little bit of things here and there in Legion. But these feel like 
a more uh, dynamic form of that. Three, you and your two friends, you go in, you do a bunch of rad stuff, and to top it off, there's a little Diablo thrown in there. There's some randomization. So next time you go to that island, it A, may not be in the same place it was before, and uh, C, it's full of weird stuff that wasn't there before, uh, as they explained on the stage yesterday, which is super fascinating. It sounds like a really fun gameplay uh, uh, mechanic. So I'm, I'm really excited, but I'm curious what you think that's going to do to the game. You know, there's, there's a tendency for some players to go, oh, sounds like another gimmicky thing, or, you know, we'll do that once and never want to do it again. I'm convinced it's where I'm going to spend 90% of my time getting as right. But I'm, I'm curious what you guys think, and then I want to talk about the art of those islands. Um, I think the, the expeditions are, are, well, they're either going to be awesome or they're not going to work out. And I suspect Blizzard wouldn't put them out if they weren't going to work out. Right. Because they seem like a, a, an essential part of, it's one of the big features uh, of the new expansion. And uh, the fact that you can do them with just three people, no role, you can go in and get some of your Azerite is fun already. But then you have all of that element of the mobs are much smarter and they do things differently. They, they, they were talking about, I don't know if you guys saw that uh, deep dive panel, but they were talking about Jim the Rogue, was it? Or Bob the Rogue? I don't know. Apparently, he's not a troll anymore. Uh, right. Uh, what? Sneaky, Sneaky Pete. Pete. It was Pete. Sneaky Pete. Sneaky Pete. Pete. So he would, you, you engage the boss, and Sneaky Pete shows up, and he like saps your healer and runs away laughing. And like that's <laughs> a, a, a really different way of approaching a PvE mm -hmm. encounter. But you add on top of that the possibility of doing the PvE part, uh, the PvP part, um, where you're racing with a, 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 a horde team, because obviously you're playing Alliance. Right. Uh, of course. And, and they're going to be, you know, messing up your thing. So I think it's going to be a much deeper, like saying it's, a, it's an evolution of the scenario, I, I think is uh, cheapening it a little bit. Well, it feels like a much more fleshed out. It, it almost feels like, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, it, it almost feels like the invasions that we're facing now are kind of like, almost like the test of whether or not islands would work or, or trying to figure out the tech with it. And because you see uh, varied varied things within those uh, different invasions from time to time. Sure. So yeah, well, sure. I mean, it's something we pulled information from, right? It's, sure. one, it's one part of something that informed yeah. what will become islands, ultimately. So in, the, so in this scenario, I keep saying scenario, in these island expeditions, uh, the feature set is that you'll go, and every time it's different, and there are enough, um, I forgot the number they said, maybe it was hundreds, but enough uh, objects, items, NPCs, combinations of all that sort of stuff to make it so you really will never be the same island twice ever, no matter how many times ever. you run it. Ever. That seems challenging sure. from a visual composition art perspective. So was that a challenge? Was that just simply here are the assets, you put them where you want to put them, and then let technical take over? Right. How did that work? Do well, they I show mean, up and are like, that's what we want to do. Good luck. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, there's a lot of granularity in like you know saying nothing will will ever be the same ever. Right. There's there's a lot of different levels of that. But um, to me, you know, the the perfect marriage of art and design is when um, we can tell a story visually from an artistic perspective that helps support the goal of design. Um, so to to use a non-existing example, if we take an island that has a major um, you know ruined castle and two other POIs that are important to um, overtake. 
it's, to, it's from my perspective very important right off the bat to see those, right? And to know like from a visual perspective, I don't know any, I don't need an NPC to come tell me, hey, there's a castle that's in some hidden part of the island that you need to go take, and there's some other things somewhere that you should find to and, and do something with. Um, I want to just know right off the bat, like I can tell those are important. And that's all about setting a, a stage and setting a scene and visually right off the bat, letting, giving the players that visual cue of what they need to do. Um, when we said random, I, you know, lost control of my bladder and then <laughs> uh, started like thinking about. That's your keyword. Yeah. If you say it now, it's a. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. um, so don't trigger me, please, on stage. Um, and then we immediately started th talking about like how we could do that in a way where we can still maintain that marriage and maintain something that um, we feel like is a handcrafted experience, but random enough that you feel like you are always are experiencing something new. Because you don't want some barrel floating somewhere or accidentally an upside down chest or something. Like I, obviously that, a lot of that may happen in bug testing and early alpha or whatever, but it just seems like it might be complicated thematically to make sure everything looks right. Is there a theme to all the islands that you guys are adhering to then? Uh, I wouldn't say adhering to, like they, they're themed heavily in one direction or another, but it's, it's not necessarily like we, we set out with five specific biomes that they need to fit into. Um, we actually had an exercise where our level design team went through and they had uh, some time to just take assets that were already existed and mock up, like what are some cool environmental hits that we could come up with? Um, and they're also passionate about making levels for the game that we couldn't get them to stop. We're like, stop making islands. We need to use the information that you've come up with and now make some decisions about how we're going to um, you know, approach actually making it um, as varied as possible. That makes sense. So uh, the rescaled zones, how many people here, we had a little audience participation on a couple of these. How many of you are excited about rescaled old zones? Yeah. Probably my favorite thing announced was that. Uh, I love old content, and I always feel bad that I don't get to use it in a meaningful way. Uh, and even if you're alting or leveling an alt, it always kind of felt bad to hit white quests before you were done with stories. All the reasons Ian on stage sort of explained why that didn't feel great. Um, this seems like a great way to go back and do that. So my question for you, Chris, is are there any are you guys doing anything to that old stuff, or is it just going to live as old stuff? The level cap thing happens on the on the server side stuff, and that's all you have to worry about. Or are you guys going to go tweak any of that? Are we going to get a visual flourish out of that? Man, that is such a slippery slope, mm -hmm. um, and I, I would hesitate hesitate to say one way or the other, yes or no. Um, no, in the in the sense of we're not going to cataclysm anything. You know, we're not planning on going back and saying like let's completely re envision this area. <laughs> hey now. Um, sure. I like cataclysm. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> well, and I don't mean that in a, with a negative connotation. I, I mean to illustrate the point of like, um, we you know hold these zones and these areas very dear to our hearts. Uh, and to go back to the earlier thing we were talking about of artists coming on the team who grew up playing this game, um, we you know, we're probably the most hardcore when it comes to maintaining the nostalgia that exists that we experienced as you know I experienced as a fan back in the day. So um, it's so polarizing, man. Like like part of it is. Artistically, I, I have an itch to go back and update everything, but like emotionally, I don't want to touch anything. <laughs> so um, I'm so t torn between the two. Um, we will, in areas where it makes sense, like say if we make a new boar, we weren't, we're probably going to, and it looks cool, we'll probably go back and like, you know, propagate the new boar where old boars used to be. Um, but wholesale, let's rework the trees, let's rework the terrain textures, let's rethink this thing, that's, that's not the plan right now. And you may or may not be able to speak to this, but I, I wonder about classic servers. 
and whether or not that is going to need your help at all, or if it's this, it sounds like it's the same philosophy. If it, if it, quote unquote, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. We have a lot of good feelings for this old content. Obviously, classics ways away. We have very little details, but as far as you know, are you guys going to have to poke in there? And it, it's so early to tell. I don't, yeah. I don't know the answer to that, man, because I think it'll develop as we go along. Yeah. Um, but right now, it's just there's no way to tell how that's going to roll sure. out. That makes sense. Uh, so Alliance players. Oh, there's, there's three people who screamed really loud. Yeah, yeah. And there's thank you. way more of you than I'm comfortable with, but it's fine. <laughs> uh, just by, uh, uh, I guess we can applaud for this, but I want to see who's planning on playing what allied race uh, when they hit, and then I want to uh, kind of speak to some of these. So on the Alliance side, we have Void Elves. Who's interested in Void Elves? Uh, Light Forge Draenei, got any fans out there? Uh, dark Iron, Iron Dwarves look pretty rad. Those guys look cool. Yeah. Those guys look really, really I cool. I think guys. maybe they won that competition. <laughs> uh, and on the Horde side, Horde side. <laughs> We're thinking about you, Greg Street, Horde side. Anyway, uh, over there we've got Nightborn, me. High Mountain Torin. All right. Very nice. And the Zandalari Trolls. Interesting. Joss is really excited. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, sat next to her way. in that panel. She was freaking out the entire time. <clears throat> What's the deal with, I mean, Nightborns, I understand their stuff, like they're hinting about like they're aligning with the Horde, but I worked my ass off to save those right. little, <laughs> like, what the hell, man? It's, it feels... I'm, no, I know why. Here's why. Alliance, as much as I give you a hard time, you have the best elves now. <laughs> uh, blood elves are terrible. He, Let's he just really admit it. doesn't <laughs> like the blood elves. Like, it's, some of us, it's the only choice we have. I had to make a demon hunter. I understand. I had to make the choice. But uh, I would like some cool, mysterious-looking, wickedy, cool-looking elves. Well, and get ready to keep <laughs> saying, like, when you play your Nightborn, you're going to be like, an illusion? Yeah. What are you hiding? Like, <laughs> I'm hoping that won't carry over, but <laughs> but I changed. You know, my orc became that every time I was in Suramar, and every time I was in Suramar, I went. You know, I could get used to this. I like how these guys look and animate and feel. So, yeah, I'm stoked about that stuff. I think these all sound great, and they're going to be something there for everybody. And they said they have more planned in the future, so we got a lot to be excited about there. You guys have a favorite that you guys worked on? Like you guys. So yeah. speaking you, for the, you guys. the company in its entirety. The entire company. <laughs> the entire company. Okay. No pressure. Yeah. Uh, man, how do I answer this and stay neutral? Um, <laughs> Don't. Artistically, yeah. just. I'm not even gonna walk down that road, man. <laughs> so you specifically? No, maybe not. That's also slippery. Uh, well, I mean, I'm I, I'm horrid at heart. Uh, <laughs> And I say that, and in all honesty, it's super important for me to be really neutral when it comes to love for everything, right? So um, I have Alliance characters. I love both um, factions dearly. But <laughs> Who was going to say children? You know, I love both my children. <laughs> if you were going to shoot one in the head, <laughs> which... Well, before the cinematic where Anduin became really cool, it might have been an easier choice. Sure, but, sure. Yeah. 
Um, so, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd have to say probably High, High Mountain Torrent are my most favorite, um, but those have always been dear to my heart. Well, and, and why High Mountain instead of the Tonka or some, some other, I mean, is that a story-based thing or is that... Because the models look cooler? I think than, like, well, maybe a little <laughs> bit, sure. But. I think relevancy to storyline and like everyone just wanted moose antlers. <laughs> yeah, moose antlers are pretty cool. It, it, did, it did feel like some, some of those were pulled forward from Legion because they not only had a lot to do with story, but I think, I think a lot of fan favorites were happening. I know that I, uh, I know some people disagree with me on this because a lot of leveling issues, and I mean like elevation issues in High Mountain, but my favorite zone to quest and request is High Mountain, and I really got attached to those guys, and I thought, man, one day antlers on my character are pretty, pretty cool, I'm not really into the cow phase of Torrens, <laughs> so let's go full antler would be great, and then so that happened. You don't like the blood elves. You don't like the actual Okay, let me just, wait, back it up. I like female blood elves, and so you guys are all fine, whoever's playing female blood elves. It's the males, and they're Because cocky, they're snooty, just let's snooty, be Snooty, cocky, French-like, sorry, French-like <laughs> attitude. That's fine, I'll take it. The blood elves are fine. They'd wear these if they could, you know? <laughs> I think, actually, I think the Nightborn elves wear scarves, don't they? Like, Dude. it feels like they would be all, I was gonna make an unflattering gesture, so maybe I shouldn't. Yeah, probably not on stage and on the virtual ticket would be a bad idea. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, I just don't like the males. It's probably their laugh. It's probably just the laugh. That's probably the thing. But I just, I like the idea of a more, I don't know, elves for me, uh, the, 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 my favorite kinds of fantasy lore are the ones that are hard to figure out and a little bit weird and kind of dark past and, you know, like Drist and uh, characters like that. That's what I'm into. And, and so this gives us that finally. Because uh, we just don't have a lot of choices over where we're at. You guys have night elves, which I know are mostly nature-loving, you know, tree huggers and stuff. But they have this great mystery and so much story to tell. And, and that actually leads me to a question. Why did you burn the tree? Yes, right. Well, not right. you, not you no. specifically. <laughs> Why did Blit? No. Which, which dev was watching Avatar way too much? Uh, <laughs> really? I think it might have been the other way around, actually. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but Wait, am I mic'd? <clears throat> yeah, we're mic'd. Okay. So when, uh, when that burned in the video thing, oh. I went, oh. So a couple things went through my head. One is this sets up great story. So what came first, that or the Lordaeron attack? And I'm very curious to see how that happens. My guess is it'll be very uh, political and hard to tell who started what and a lot of finger pointing, and that'll be fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to that part of it. But they no longer have a place to go. Right. They don't live there anymore, I assume. But part of me hopes it's because guys like you with an eye for overall quality of the game said, the polygons in here are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> the tree is made of three sides. Yeah, and the leaves look like a nightmare. I mean, 2004, <laughs> that's where we were. Yeah. So, so <laughs> you probably can't answer that, but I would love to know if you have any insight on maybe the impact of that. Like, that's a big deal to burn down an entire faction, uh, uh, faction race's homeland, yeah. basically. Yeah, yeah um, we have plans. <laughs> uh, it's not willy-nilly, uh, and you know, I, I think the key is that we're not going to make anything look bad moving forward. So whatever we do, like we're going to find a way to, um, to to keep the story going and interesting. Like things, these things have to happen, right? You have to break some eggs, like, and we can't start a war between these factions and have that heated hatred if you know we burnt 
a tree outside of Teldrassil, like, and, or, right, you know, or, just or. this little tiny tree. Like, somebody, somebody blew up Brill. Maybe it was a tree and You guy. can blow up Brill, it's fine. Brill's not, yeah, Brill's not great. But, but, but it's, it's interesting because I, I, I figured it was mostly for story reasons, because think about it, we, we as a community, I think we're always asking Blizzard for, all right, we've done demons, now can we have, you know, we, we, we're not sure exactly what we want, but we always think we want more faction stuff. Like, it seems like a lot of the stories are like, okay, guys, let's fight. Oh, the Burning Legion. All right, we're friends for a minute. And then they do the Burning Legion. And then they go away. And then you're like, all right, we're, it's good. we're fighting each other again. But then there's another distraction. Well, Pandaria was the closest we've gotten to this back to kind of the, the war that is Horde v. Alliance. But then it became about Azeroth Hitler. And, <laughs> and then we all had to fight him together, right? And we agree, he sucked, okay, Alliance. We didn't like him either. But um, this feels like finally the thing we've been asking for, which is like, let's get back to like that raw, I hate that faction, they hate us, it's complicated. Uh, some of the characters are sympathetic to other ones on the other side, but Jane is still pissed. What? She's not as pissed. It seems she's calmed down a little she's bit. She's resolved now. Yeah, a little so bit. So what happened but is Jaina got bombed, and I understand it's a rough day for Jaina and Theramore. I get it. <laughs> a rough day? A rough, a rough day. A couple all of right, days. All right. A couple of days. I got it. It was a poor few minutes. <laughs> uh, but then she is, her only clickable state in the game right now is she's mad. So if you're, if you're Cadgar, shit wizard Cadgar. Sorry. Uh, and I click on you, you go, wow, well met. Thanks for all your hard work. And if you're somebody else, I click on, oh, good evening. It's nice to see you back in Dalaran. I click on Jaina. Freaking, they blew up Theramore. My life is ruined. <laughs> right? She's so mad. And Heroes of the Storm, she's, I'm here to help. And back there, she's, I'm here to destroy everybody. So I, I guess what I was getting at is in order for <laughs> yeah, us what to. What were you sorry, getting at? <laughs> In order to get back to where this conflict is really uh, all up in it and matters and feels meaningful, and I think everything we saw yesterday helped contribute to it, but what really got me was that burning tree and what, and what was the attack on, on Lordaeron, because what it means is the stakes are bigger. It isn't just, well, you're an orc and I'm a human and I naturally don't like you and you don't yeah, like you, me. You see the reasons why you don't yeah, like Yeah, these the, are the genuine reasons. They, like if Sylvanas led the attack on Tedrasil and, and destroyed that place. It's probably going to be because there's like, it's rotting and it's corrupting as So, but I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting to see if, if it keeps being the main antagonist being the other faction. And that's what we were talking about the, the other uh, week on the instance, which we're doing now, so on the show. Um, <laughs> It's do they take this uh, core tenant of the expansion and bring it to the end, like all of the patches? Because in the beginning of Pandaria, it was also, oh, we hate each other. And then it was like, we all have to come together to fight something. So I'm wondering if it's going to be the same thing here, where over the patches, we're going to unite to fight something else, or if they're actually going to be doing like different experiences through the raids and different like end bosses and stuff like that. So that's going to be interesting to see. But um, I, I, I told myself I wasn't going to do this to ruin the. Don't oh. take off your pants, Scott. No, no, no. <laughs> okay. No, these are All well right. secured. We're good there. But I, I had this idea that I was going to tell you guys a small detail regarding the cinematic that may, that may not ruin it for you, but you're going to notice it every time. And I've decided to go ahead and do it. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah. Ruin it for everybody. 
when yeah. Anduin, Anduin's looking up at the sky and he's calling down the light and he's, he's going full priest mode, this is only in my second viewing, so it wasn't ruined the first time. Not ruined, but you know what I mean. Uh, it looks like Brad Pitt saying what's in the box. <laughs> Just right. next time you see was it. There, was there any inspiration <laughs> from that? That's, that's all we watched. We were all watching right. Seven. <laughs> well, all right, let's touch on that for a second. There's a very, um, uh, the Lordaeron attack feels very, um, how do I put this, like darker fantasy than normal, okay. the, than, yeah. than is normal for, uh, for the game and some of the cinematics. I would, I'd argue the Warlords trailer was also very, you know, there was some, some darkness well, in it's that. It's gritty in a different way, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Different kind of darkness. Yeah. But um, you were saying something cool backstage, uh, actually kind of about that. That's when we got our new models and you, and you were talking about, well, the approach might be a little different with the cinematic to be consistent with the actual expansion. Um, go into that a little bit about the models and then I'll ask my other Oh, questions. right, so we were talking about, um, about the disparity that exists between the pre-render cinematic and the style of the game, which is a constant conversation topic um, for myself and the cinematic directors. Uh, so if you look back, and what we were talking about is, um, specific to Mista Pandaria, that was the time where we probably pulled those two visual styles as close together as we ever have before, like the style of the orc and the style of the human. Um, very specifically, the structure that exists of them and not necessarily the rendering. Uh, and, and what's fun about that and how it was relevant to what you're saying is every expansion is unique and at the beginning of every expansion, we sit down and we have that conversation of how far do we want to push the theme and the style of the cinematic to help drive and inform the content that's in the game and vice versa. Um, so this time around it felt, you know, it, really, it needs to be gritty. It needs to be meaningful. I mean, we just watched Varian die, right? And like, um, this is the first time that we're seeing Anduin really come, like we talked about previously, into his own um, and follow his own path. And you can't, I think you can't just wash past that. And what better way to do it than a pre-render cinematic where we can do things that we can't pull off in game. Like we're never gonna have, I shouldn't say never, but it's very difficult for us to have a moment where with a low poly face, we can pull off that type of emotion. So. Mm a vehicle like the cinematics is an excellent place for us to really have that level of storytelling and plant that emotional seed so that we can go into this expansion with that feeling. Do you get, so when you're working on things like coming together on a, on a consensus for the Lorder on fight, do you, where do you reach for your own kinds of inspiration? In other words, when, when, they're, when they're all sort of going through it and you're looking at it, there's gotta be stuff you love in the back of your head that's informing what aesthetic you'd like to see? Or at this stage, you've been here long enough, is it just all previous wow that's all up, you know? Uh, it's a combination of, of everything, right? But um, we have some really awesome conversations. And once again, this is, my team doesn't handle the cinematic, so I can't, um, you know, take credit for the amazing work that they do. Uh, we're, they are generous enough to allow us to come in and have uh, points of feedback. So we'll sit down and we'll review storyboards and then we'll review animatics and we kind of see it develop along the way. And what's really um, exciting and, and fun about that process is that we're not just flies on the wall. We're allowed to, or not allowed to, but we're encouraged to communicate with them in the ways where we're having those conversations. Like, hey, you know, um, like to give you an example, um, so Sylvanas, she slides down the siege tower, right? And she goes full Banshee mode. Um, that wasn't something that we set out and said, we want to use this as an opportunity to introduce a new ability that we've never seen from Sylvanas before. That was because of the process that, that took place when we saw the initial take on what she was doing, um, which was a, a, originally much more downplayed. So um, it was inspired by uh, some, some scenes, a lot of scenes that we'd seen from other movies, some um, Lord of the Rings stuff, and just general kind of you know, uh, cool fantasy moments of an archer and how they act in combat. 
Um, but ultimately what happened is we got to a point in the animatic where we all kind of universally were like, it's cool, and she's like taking people out, and like she feels cool, but she doesn't have that edge that makes it like, gives you that like, oh, what just happened kind of moment. Um, and through that process is where we, we really started to go, well, is this an opportunity for us to introduce a new ability? And because of that, the room started talking about what, well, what, should we, what, should we, what would she do? Like, what would be her kind of uber attack? Um, and that's what we ended up seeing. Well, she is the Banshee queen after all. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's... When she did that Banshee thing, did you all just lose your minds? Oh. I did. Lost my stuffing. Was... And all my, all my heroes of the storm friends are like, did you see her new ultimate? Did you see her new ultimate? <laughs> I'm like, I don't think that's, oh, I'll bet it's in Heroes. I'll bet it's in Heroes. It's probably playable at the show floor. I'm like, oh, all right. Good luck to you. And, the, and that For the Horde scream, I mean, it was, people were saying it top Metzen. I mean, it was just like, oh Which is hard to do. Right. And by the way, uh, I have it on some authority that Chris is watching this right now. So we should just uh, say hi to Chris. Everybody, big clap for Chris. Hi, Chris. You know, I feel like I feel like when Chris retired, he he did it at a great time, uh, incredible success with the projects he had just finished, and such a good legacy of things. Um, and he he made a comment that he's he's left all of these things in the, in, in incredible hands. And you're one of those guys. Uh, oh, I hope I can be. I, I think you are. I, I, do you miss though having his kind of uh, oracle status guy walking around saying this is how we're doing it, or what? I, I not that that's how he did. I it. would love it if he was like, nah, he's a. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I would joke around if I could, man, but I, I have so much respect for Chris. And, um, you know, he's one of the ones that brought me in and brought me under his wing and kind of showed me the ropes and helped me really grow into where I'm at today. Um, and just to set the record straight, he, no one will ever top his for the horde. As much as, as, much as <laughs> that know. was amazing, no know. one will ever top that. Yeah. I, I know somebody that actually logged into the game to make sure that their Alliance character didn't automatically just switch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that true? Yeah, that's true. Well, uh, that's awesome to hear that. I mean, is it, it's funny you say that. I've heard countless employees say that he took them under their wing, and they're at all these levels. Like, you'll hear that story from Taron Gregory. You'll hear that story sure. from other creators. And he yeah, just that guy's had got that some way. big wings. Yeah, he's not. He's alive though. He's good. He's happy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Beautiful young child, two-year-old now, and all that. So yeah, we're we don't want to mourn his loss, but it's, it bears mentioning Chris once in a while. These things. Well, he just planted the seeds, right? Like mm -hmm. he, the the right. seeds he planted are so amazing, um, and and all all the original guys, right? Like it's hard for us. Basically, it's just like don't f it, don't mess it up, right? Like <laughs> at this point, tend to it, like help them grow and and you know contribute, and that's what we try to do. But you know, it's daily just hoping that we can live up to, to those expectations. Well, I feel I, like I, I, I don't know if you guys agree or not. I think you do, but I feel like Legion was was that. Legion was a way of them saying. A, we got this. Any fears we may have had, or if we thought the end of Warlords was a little bumpy or whatever, uh, Legion to this day feels like, I say, the best content they've ever they've ever produced. Um, Absolutely. I mean, that's a. I think that's the surprising thing with with Blizzard as a company. I don't know how how they do it, but the consistency over what 25 years now, and it keeps being good even though it's different people doing the, the, you know, it's, I don't know how much of the original WoW team is still there, but I would guess not, you know, a majority. 
and it's still excellent and the new games keep being like I don't know of any other company in anything not just in gaming that manages to keep that level of consistency over that long a time yeah and uh, I'm guessing it's because the the, the seeds and the original uh, base the foundation is so healthy and so uh, uh, the the uh, you know around the orc there's the uh, aura no uh, the company uh, the, the, shut up oh <laughs> The, the, the key words for the company, like... Uh, oh, 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 the, the motto. The, motto, the, the, there the you motto, go. The English credo. is hard. Values, what can is I, it? Can I, I'm credo. just going to let him... The credo. credo. There you go. But yeah, anyway, so... There's the, so many <laughs> things around orcs, he had to get more specific. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Other yeah, orcs? Blizzard is cool is what I'm trying to say. Would agree, right? Well, okay, so to, to speak to that, because I think that's an important point, is... Um, like, people move on, right? And they leave legacy, and we care deeply about succession. Um, and it isn't just drop the mic and walk out. It's, you know, bring somebody on, train them up, and show them the ropes so that they can, they can um, treat these, these projects the way that they should be treated. Um, one of the things that that has allowed is, like, a, a greater diversity amongst our company, right? And that's huge for us, because we realize that if we don't diversify, we don't, our games don't get better. And that's something that's continued to make our games better and better. As people have left, we brought in not just replacements, but people who have a very different worldview or a very different view of our games, for that matter. And that's only helped to drive um, every aspect of the things that we do from a creative level to um, you know, even an engineering level. It's just uh, continues to, to grow and become better and better. because it, of is so, it is absolutely something to watch from this angle. We're almost out of time. Uh, I knew this would go fast. And uh, it bums me out a little bit that it went this fast. But um, before we do our goodbyes, uh, Chris, I want to thank you so much. No, for thank you guys, man. It's an honor. It's so an honor to be here. Really, really appreciate it. And big thanks to Blizzard for arranging that for us and asking us to do this. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, Patrick, thank you for being a part of it. Big give Patrick a big hand. Oh. He is his oh. scarves. <laughs> oh, you. And the other Pat without the trick. Uh, <laughs> cannot thank Pat enough for stepping in and being part of this today. It made the perfect sense when we thought of him. Thank, thank you, you for so asking much. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and I guess I just want to say um, thanks. Uh, we, my family's out here, a lot of friends, fellow podcasters, a lot of community, obviously. Uh, we've been doing this show for 12 years. It feels like yesterday. Um, some people have come, some have gone. I know Randy's in the building. Hopefully he's hearing us right now. Uh, I cannot say enough about how much the community means uh, to this show, and it feels like, in a very small way, this is a nice culmination of that goodwill. Uh, I hope you guys keep listening. I'm grateful we have games, and a game specifically, that we can talk about forever. Um, and I'm so fueled up right now to just keep going with this stuff. So. Your support, your, your help makes it all worth it. Thank you guys all very much. Thank for you. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right, thank you guys for listening to this. We really, really appreciate it. And another huge thanks to Blizzard for giving us that opportunity. Thanks to Pat, Patrick, certainly Chris Robinson, and uh, another shout-out to uh, everyone who else who couldn't be there this year. Uh, we really missed all the voices, but it was great to have what we had, and we were happy to do it, and the live crowd was great, and what a BlizzCon. My gosh. I don't have to tell you again. 
Uh, anyway, uh, we'll be back Friday. Lots and lots and lots of wow news to sift through the little things we didn't get to in this panel. Certainly stuff we hadn't even heard yet when we recorded it. So there's lots more to talk about. Please come back then uh, and listen live. That's 10 a.m. Mountain Time at frogpants.tv. If you can't catch the show live, it'll certainly be up for podcast listeners right after that. So come back Friday for that. Thank you all once again. What an incredible con that was. It was great to have some of you right along with us. We'll see you guys on Friday. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com.